What's up, guys? Rick here with your betting and one-and-done preview for this week's Valspar Championship. Uh, the guys over at William Hill told me this is the final week, I think until the end of the month, to get your $2,000 in free bets. It's going to go down to 500 after that. So go to rickrungood.com slash bets to see if it's eligible for your state. And there's other offers on there as well. It's a win-win for everybody. But if you've been dragging your feet, you might want to take advantage of that right now. Um, we're going to go through uh, outright bets for this week. We're going to look at a couple of head-to-head matchups, and we're going to talk about the strategy for this week's one and done. And I guess there's not any more. Uh, join me on Wednesday, a couple live chats, 3 p.m. Eastern time, Rick Run Good uh, YouTube channel. That's the Valspar Championship live chat, and then 8.15 p.m. Eastern time, that is your jock market power hour, uh, stock market DFS. That is kind of the go-to in-game uh, DFS that I like to play as well. But without further ado, let's jump into this. What you're looking at right now is the tournament predictor tool on rickrungood.com. Uh, this is my simulation of this event 1,000 times. It is then compared to the odds makers to see if there is any value. And I have to admit, um, model aside, this I, I did not have a great feel, and I'm, I'm still not sure I have a great feel for the board this week. There are a lot of guys that I like. There are a few that I love and that I'm sprinting to the window to make a bet on. I think there are a lot of guys that you can make cases for in either direction. Um, I haven't felt this way in a while, which probably means it'll be my best week ever, but um, we'll talk through that. So so here are the results of the simulation, and uh, Justin Thomas kind of runs away with this thing. You know, a name that I don't think is getting a lot of oxygen at this point in the week. He is the betting favorite. Um, he is the most expensive player on DraftKings. People, I think, are going to opt to go to DJ, who is showing signs of of um, improvement. Uh, he's cheaper. You've got guys like Paul Casey in this field. There's just there's just other options. Uh, Justin Thomas almost, I don't want to say breaks the simulation. He wins at 14% of the time. Vegas implies him to do it about 9.1% of the time. And I think the reason for the staggering difference there is the two things that we find most important at the Copperhead course are uh, strokes gained around the green and strokes gained approach. And let me just, you know, <laughs> let me just pull up Justin Thomas here because when you look at those two things, strokes gained approach, uh, he is second on tour, and strokes gained around the green, he is 14th. Uh, and then you combine that with how good he is in other areas, how many birdies he makes, all that good stuff. He is just uh, almost, in theory, the perfect player for this course, which is why I think he is getting such a significant bump from the model outcome here. So he's not only the guy who uh, wins it the most often, but he also has the best value because he's winning it nearly 5% as often as his implied odds say he should. So that is rare. It is rare to get the top simulated winner and the top value to be the same golfer. So I think it is noteworthy and it's opening my eyes a bit on Justin Thomas for this week. Uh, after that, Dustin Johnson wins at 9.8% of the time. Patrick Reed wins at about 9.1%. I'm fine with both of those. DJ, we're starting to see improvement with the putter. Patrick Reed, big game hunter, difficult conditions, short game specialist, um, has a go-to shot off the tee, no problems there. Hatton is interesting. Terrell Hatton at 8.4%, and I, I think I talked about this a bit on the Monday video, and if I didn't, um, I can bring it back up for you. 
This is Terrell Hatton's round-by-round uh, round strokes gain numbers. And uh, th the reason I show you this is to show you why the model loves him. You know, in in two of his four rounds at the RBC Heritage, he gained over four shots on the field. In two of his rounds at the Masters, he was awesome. In two of his rounds at, let's see, the API, he was awesome. In two of his rounds at Workday, he was awesome. Like, he is routinely for one, two, maybe three rounds at a time, blowing the, the, the field out of the water. The problem is the other two, he's really struggling. Now, the, the model loves volatility, right? Because when you are volatile, that is how you win golf tournaments. So if, if, if uh, Hatton is able to put together three really great rounds and just an average round, maybe that's good enough. We know he has won in Florida on difficult courses. So the model really liking Terrell Hatton this week, and it's understandable because of the style of play that he has. Scotty Scheffler is kind of similar. We don't see Scotty Scheffler win as often. In fact, still looking for that first PGA Tour victory, but he's doing the volatility thing. He makes a ton of birdies. He's, that's why him and Bubba were pretty good last week at the Zurich classic like the model loves guys like this um i'm trying to see who else might be interesting uh you know sung jm always catches my eye you know he is uh what i like to call laying the foundation which is he's just kind of one thing away from clicking uh from winning and that one thing unfortunately for sung jay is it's his approach game which is kind of hard to fix on the fly. It's not like the putter. If it was the putter, I would have, I would have bet him already, but Sung Jay is just one, um, one week of figuring it out with the irons and wedges away from winning because off the tee, he's awesome with the putter. He's awesome. He's played phenomenally in Florida. I, I think he's laying the foundation. It's not as strong of a foundation as maybe when Daniel Berger was doing it. Um, when Daniel Berger, <laughs> I keep talking about this withdrew from, I want to say it was pebble. No, from Honda. No, whatever event, whatever event Daniel Berger withdrew on Monday from, uh, that was the week he was going to win. He was laying the blueprint. He was laying the foundation for victory. It was perfect. Uh, that's kind of what we're seeing from Sung JM right now. It's just not as a, not as good of a foundation as, uh, as Berger's was. Uh, longer shots, um, you know, the guys that I've I've really been interested in, and I've I talked about them on the sleepers video. Is uh, one of them is is Phil Mickelson, which kind of surprises me to say, but the metrics very much in his favor. And the other one is is Peter Uline, uh, who is. Uh, Doing that thing where you got to come up, you got to earn top 10 finishes, uh, you got to get as many starts as you can. He just won on the Corn Ferry a couple of weeks ago. Um, I've bet you line uh, both top 10 and top 20s. Top 20 numbers 5 to 1. It's pretty good. Finished inside the top 20. Uh, he's been doing that constantly across the Corn Ferry Tour and the PGA Tour in his last handful of starts. Phil Mickelson's uh, top 20 number is... I just had it here. Also five to one. So those are two bets that I've already placed. I feel better about those than I do about the outrights or about kind of the value near the top, which as we know, it'll go, it'll go opposite. Uline and, and Mickelson will miss the cut and whoever I pick for this outright will end up winning it. So I'm just trying to diversify my card a little bit. This is kind of a weird week. We are heading into a stretch of golf that um, there's going to be a lot of bets made, right? I mean, the Wells Fargo championship, then we have... Um, I think we have Palmetto at Congaree, which is an event we've never seen before, and then the the PGA Championship. So plenty of action to come, trying to just figure out what to do this week. Let's turn our attention to head-to-head uh, -head matchups. 
All right, so there's a couple of matchups that uh, certainly caught my attention, and, and the names at the top, Dustin Johnson and, and Justin Thomas, um, I'm seeing right now that Justin Thomas is minus 125 on DraftKings. And I got to tell you, it's usually pretty rare to get Dustin Johnson as a dog in any matchup and I don't think he should be uh, or at least the model agrees with that I it's it's very close don't get me wrong Dustin Johnson I only have him winning this uh, four round matchup 52% of the time so we're talking about a, a virtual coin flip but DraftKings has Justin Thomas at minus 125 and DJ at minus 103 you can probably you probably can't bet either of them because um you know, JT minus 125, I think he should be plus 108. And Dustin Johnson minus 103, I think he should be uh, closer to minus 108. That's There's not enough there. So I, I just, I don't think this is bettable. But like if you wanted to bet your buddy with no VIG and he was saying, yeah, give me JT, you take DJ, like that's that's probably the side I would want is the Dustin Johnson side. He wins it 52% of the time. Razor thin, but I was a little bit surprised to see uh, DraftKings drop a number like they did on on Justin Thomas here. Let's do Sungjae versus Joaquin Neiman. So I would actually argue uh, Sungjae hasn't been all that good, or at least the ceiling that we've seen him tap into in the past. He's doing it um, not really hitting his irons or his wedges very well, but the fact that he's still been able to put up some decent results is actually somewhat impressive because I think when he figures out those irons, when he gets back to hitting it like he was at the at the end of 2020, excuse me, <clears throat> um, I think he's in for a big run of golf. Now I've got this again, very, very tight. We've got, we've got DraftKings putting, putting some really tight ones together here. I have Joaquin Neiman winning this 50.6% of the time, barely more than half. Sungjae is minus 125 on DraftKings. Again, probably Cannot bet this one. Let me see if I can find one that we actually can bet. All right. I see a couple that I might be able to get a clear definitive bet on. Chris Kirk, who has been playing awesome. And I I, I know what we can do here. And Emiliano Grio is the other one. So what we could actually do, uh, Grio is winning this. If you look from January 1st, 2020 to current. He's 54%. But I bet you if we change this to 2021, if you want to go more recent, yeah, it flips. Chris Kirk ends up being the favorite 54% of the time, and he's the dog on DraftKings. So if you're willing to have a look back period of January 1st of this year, which I've used for other things for head-to-head matchups, I'd like to have a bit more data, but it's not the end of the world. Uh, You can get Chris Kirk to be the favorite here. And I think that's about right. The other thing with Grio is he hasn't played well in Florida. Uh, Florida's got this, you know, there's big numbers lurking everywhere. Um, if you're just a little bit off, you can, you can make a double very, very quickly. There's usually a lot of sand. There's usually, um, a stretch of holes that will make or break you. Right. Think about the bear trap. Think about the snake pit. That's kind of similar things that we get, um, in Florida, and Grio hasn't been good. Kirk, Kirk, Kirk's been a little bit better than he's been much better recently. And then one more that caught my attention, and we usually don't do four of these, but this one just has me cu- uh, curious. Uh, Charlie Hoffman 
Bubba Watson. And again, I'm going to keep it since the start of 2021. And I mean, Charlie Hoffman, I hope this illustrates he he's been phenomenal. He's been one of the best players on the PGA tour since the start of 2021. He, I have him winning this head to head matchup over Bubba Watson 76% of the time. That is a massive, massive number. You know, when we, when we dial it back to maybe the start of 2020, what happens then still gives the nod to Charlie Hoffman, not as uh, large of a favorite, 57% of the time I have him winning this, and he's minus 125 on DraftKings. So if you are a believer in kind of just doing current year, so 2021 stats, uh, Hoffman and Kirk are probably bets over Grio and uh, Bubba Watson. All right, let's take a look over at the one and done. So the run good one and done standings. Again, we started this back at Safeway. So we've, we are a lot of events into this. We're actually, I believe this marks the midpoint of segment three. Um, Caster Joshua holds a narrow $200,000 lead over Nash the Flash. Chappy Chaps right behind. Those are the only three guys over $11 million in earnings. And then Graybo, Jakey, Ugri, and A Storm of Shanks are the only uh, only guys above $10 million. So seven, uh, seven owners above $10 million. I'm losing a little bit of ground here. I'm in 29th. I was in 18th a couple of weeks ago. Um, I had Danny Willett last week. It was worth a couple hundred thousand, but not enough to move me in any significant direction. So I've got work to do, which leads us to the Valspar. Many of you might be able to stop watching uh, right now because you, or maybe you didn't even have to watch this far because you have had Paul Casey bookmarked for this event all season long. Uh, he falls into the very small uh, category of golfers that uh, kind of get earmarked before the season starts. You know, it could be Webb at Wyndham. It could be Hideki at uh, Waste Management. It could be Paul Casey at Valspar. You know, there are just a handful of places where uh, you can kind of just plug and play. And if you've saved Paul Casey to this point, I don't think there's any reason in, in overthinking it. Uh, the only thing that would that would maybe have you considering it is if you were very far back in your one and done and you needed to be a little bit different, uh, you you might have to forego Paul Casey here. The, 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 the case for Casey is very, very clear. <clears throat> He's won this event twice in a row. He is um, arguably, uh, and let me see if I can actually just pull this up because I don't even know if I've, it, it, you know, Paul Casey was such an easy option this week in a lot of formats that I'm not even sure most people considered the differences between uh, his 2019 and 2018 seasons when he won this and what he's doing now. So 2018, <clears throat> excuse me, um, you know, he had, he was averaging about a stroke per round uh, total. 2019, he was a little bit better. And 2021, what we're seeing right now is very similar to his 2018 season. Now, this does not even include his victory earlier this calendar year in uh, in Dubai. So so by all accounts, his metrics right now are actually much better than what the PGA Tour is even giving him credit for. He's actually probably playing better golf than Now, if you need to be a little bit different or you want to be a little bit different, I think this is a pretty interesting place to deploy Corey Connors. And you might have already used him at Valero. He's been on a really good stretch of golf, so you might have already used him. But there's a couple of reasons I like this. Um, he was hard to bet this week. You know, Corey Connors on Monday morning when I woke up was the th he had the third shortest odds and he was the seventh most expensive DraftKings player, which um, makes you want to roster him in on DraftKings. 
of course, worrying about the ownership. And then you also um, don't really want to bet him because the number was too short. You know, if he should, he probably should have been like 28 to one or 25 to one to win this event. This is kind of a much more appealing way and one and done to deploy Corey Connors because he is, uh, I mean, he is built from the same exact mold uh, that that Paul Casey is, you know, the the ability to ball strike, the lack of putting prowess. But you look at what he's done in his last five stroke play events. He hasn't finished for, worse than 14th. I mean, he's absolutely dialed in at the moment. And this feels like the best way to deploy him considering some of the other odds and things that we have seen um, this week on, on CoreCon. Other options. If you have access to Patrick Reed still, um, I think he is just fine, right? Nine-time winner on the PGA Tour. He's finished runner-up at this event twice. He also has a seventh-place finish at this event. The thing about Patrick Reed, and what I like about him, um, in two things about, about um, Innisbrook that I think play into the hands of Patrick Reed. He has a go-to shot. Right, he has a go-to shot off the tee, and being in play off the tee in Florida and at and at the Copperhead course is critical. The other thing that we know about this course is uh, it's difficult, and it tends to benefit short game players, guys that can get up and down. Well, that's Patrick Reed. Uh, we saw him do exactly that at a difficult Torrey Pines earlier this year for another victory. So um, I think that he's a really solid fit. And then I think finally, you know, there there is to me a lot of disrespect on Charlie Hoffman's outright number this week uh, for what he has been doing. He opened up at forty-five to one, and if you've been following along, you know he's been literally the best player on the PGA Tour, at least the best player in this field. Jordan Spieth, the only guy better uh, since the start of twenty twenty-one. Now he might be a bit. Um, contrarian in your one and done process, which I think is good. So if you're trying to make up ground a little bit, I think that Charlie Hoffman is a guy that fits the mold. So those are probably the four that I have it narrowed down to depending on your process, depending on, um, you know, how you, uh, what your standings are and all that good stuff, what your, what your, what your league looks like. Um, okay. I think that'll do it for this week's Valspar Championship. Uh, let me know what you think. Tweet me at Rick Run Good. Leave a comment below. Best of luck this week, and I'll talk to you guys soon.